Turn to James chapter 1 again. <clears throat> James chapter 1. Make a few comments this morning convert, uh, concerning uh, verses 9 through 12. James 1 9. James writes here and says, Let the brother of low degree rejoice. That word means glory. In that, he's exalted. But the rich, in that he's made low. Because as the flower of the grass, he shall pass away. For the sun is no sooner risen with a burning heat, but it withereth the grass. And the flower thereof falleth, and the grace of the fashion of it perishes, so also shall the rich man fade away in his ways. Blessed is the man that endures temptation, for when he is tried, he shall receive the crown of life, which the Lord has promised to them that love him. Paul, the Apostle Paul, if you'll recall, told the believers when he wrote the letter to the Philippians that whatever state he was in, he had learned to be content. And to a great degree, that's what James is saying and teaching the brethren here as he continues to teach them about rejoicing when they fall into all kinds of temptations or trials. In this passage, he would have the brethren, his brothers, you and I, know that the specific circumstances and the specific states in which we find ourselves are to be dealt with with a spiritual understanding and not a worldly one. He addresses brothers and sisters. He says, brethren, brethren found in two estates or two conditions. One he terms the brother of low degree and the other he terms as the rich brother. Both of them are brothers. That's what we're talking about. When we're brothers and sisters in Christ, and this is not just a title that we should think of as somebody special. It's talking about being brothers and sisters in the spiritual sense. It's a family relationship that we have one with the other. And the ties that we have and the, the bonds of grace that bind us uh, in the blood of Christ are deeper than and stronger than those that we have with family if we are brothers. Brethren in Christ are closer than brothers in the flesh. Brothers and sisters in Christ have an eternal union. We're going to live together forever. If you can't stand me now, how are you going to stand me in heaven? Because we're going to be there forever. The response to both of these situations is for both the brother 
of low degree and the rich brother to glory. The brother of low degree is to rejoice in being exalted. The rich brothers to glory in being made of low degree. That thought process, if we think about it, is not logic to the flesh. And it's utter foolishness and foreign to the natural thought process. This world's religion, in their carnal logic, makes its living on what they call blessings. If someone's poor, financially speaking, much of religion points to that condition as proof that you have no faith. If you had faith, they say that if if you had faith, he would you could tap the rich the the, the riches unlimited wealth and perfect health in this world. In other words, poverty reveals that God's not blessing you. And it's because you're not fully employing what faith avails to you. Predestination, purpose, or providence never enter their thinking because such things squash the notion that all you have to do is release your faith and the riches of this world just fall in your lap. That's not faith in Christ. It's faith in faith. On the opposite side of that coin, those who are rich and increased with goods and rich preachers claim the blessing of God because they're men of faith. No one seems to consider that the rich preachers get their money by sapping and draining the means of the poor and promises ways of being rich, and they call it seed faith and faith partners. They all claim a ministry to the, those that are hurting. And somehow the remedy is always to empty the pockets, the wallets of their hearers. All of that's garbage. You know it. And it's not what James is talking about here. And those of this world will never understand what James is talking about in this passage. Just like Paul said, I hath not seen nor ear heard, neither have entered into the heart of a man the things which God hath prepared for them that love him. But God's revealed them to us. That's what I'm talking about this morning. Now, both these estates, both poverty and riches, can prove to be temptations because they're both attributed to the brothers. They're both blessings from the Lord. Not what we think, but their promises. Whatever our situation, no matter our situation, if we're believers, the place in which we find ourselves is exactly the place where God has put us and it's our blessed place. Every step we've taken in our existence
is by grace. And that grace is the distinguishing factor that brings the rich and the poor, both of them, among the brethren to a place of spiritual, one commentator said, I believe it was Tim, said commonality. Both are brought to a state of common existence. As Paul said, by the grace of God, I am what I am. Jude calls our salvation the common salvation. Beloved, when I gave diligence to write unto you of the common salvation, it was needful for me to write unto you and exhort you that you should earnestly contend for the faith which was once delivered unto the saints. What Jude's saying there is that the price of redemption is precisely the same for every one of the elect. Amen. The use of rich and poor brethren are for the purpose of presenting us with two extremes here in this, this passage. Just like black and white. Light and darkness. Life and death. Rich and poor are diametrically opposed like those things I might name. Within the brotherhood, it's clear, there are rich believers as well as poor believers. Believers of low degree, he calls them. But in the, trust, in the truest sense, in the spiritual sense, there's no difference between the two. Both are believers, they're spiritually equal, and they stand on the exact same footing. So both have reason to rejoice. Though their circumstances differ, in the natural realm their response is to be of a spiritual mind that brings them to a single place, a common place, where they can boast, I get that, so that they can boast without pride and rejoice without jealousy or envy of one another. The brother of low degree, verse 9 there. Those words low degree doesn't refer to a spiritual state. This is about a brother without wealth, without property, and without influence or earthly rank. He's not much. Low degree concerns financial means. <clears throat> and he's to rejoice in the fact that spiritually he's been raised to sit in heavenly places in Christ and rejoice that in Christ he possesses those riches, true riches, true greatness, and true rank. Mm -hmm. Though he may be without anything of worth, naturally speaking, he's joint heirs with Christ who's heir of all things. He may very be very low, and he may be extremely poor, wearing rags as to his outward appearance, and yet he's greatly exalted in a spiritual sense. The world may view him in pity, but he knows that he's a child of the king, a son. He's, a he's of a miraculously high birth, and descent. He's been born from above, born of God. Yes. 
and he belongs to his family. Being an adopted son of God, he's an heir of God and joint heir of Christ. Wearing rags. In his present riches of God's grace, he's possessed of justifying, pardoning, and sanctifying grace. He's been given a new name. A name better than that of the sons and daughters of the President of the United States. He's the Son of the Lord God Almighty. He's a king and a priest unto God. This poor man lives daily in the company of God. Christ and the holy angels. His boast and His glory is in the Lord that has by grace given Him exceedingly above all that he could even think or ask. He can boast in himself, but he glories in the Lord. His sins are forgiven. And he's made to be the righteousness of God, the very righteousness of God. The law has no claim on him. His conscience has no ground upon which to accuse him. And to the world's eyes, he's poor. But to the eyes of faith, he's rich beyond compare. He can rejoice because his circumstances have nothing to do with his joy. His joy is that he's been elevated to perfection in Christ. His joy is that he's been Uh, knows that behind every circumstance of his life, of this life, and the one to come, is the smiling face of God and divine providence, his divine providence. He may be the least esteemed in the church, but something I found in this, he may be the least esteemed in this church or in that church or among the brethren. But you know what Paul said? If then you have judgments, a matter of dispute, of things pertaining to this life, listen, he said, set them to judge who are the least esteemed in the church. They know what troubles are like in this life. And they understand problems that the rich man doesn't understand. What about the rich man? Let's talk about him for a minute. Are things different for him? The rich man is to rejoice because he's made low. The natural tendency of having the resources of this world, the good looks, the status, the rank, that comes with it is to fill men with pride, self-importance. But the wealthy, influential brother has learned three things that I can think of. He's learned that he's nothing for one thing. And he's learned to recognize the emptiness of the, the possessions of this world. Most of all, 
He knows the source of all that He has. The Lord gave the third thing. He knows that the Lord gave Him custody of it. And He can take it away anytime He wants to. Read Job. The rich man has been made to realize that his financial position neither aided nor hindered his salvation. Had nothing to do with it. He's been brought low. He's been made to understand that promotion comes from the Lord alone. He's been made to realize that his natural wealth is only temporary and he'll soon pass from this earth and leave it to somebody else. He's been stripped by grace and had the truth revealed to him. In consideration of that low estate out of which he's been raised by God's providence, he can't boast in riches because he knows where he got them and knows it was not by any merit of his. Paul reminded us in Corinthians, who makes you to differ? Who makes you to differ from another? And what have you got that you didn't receive? This lowness to which he's been, this low estate to which he's been brought does not have to do with the loss of wealth, but rather a change of mind that God has given him in repentance and placing Christ in him. That while rich, he's been been brought to rest in Christ alone. Timothy says, charge them that are rich in this world that they be not high-minded nor trust in uncertain riches, but trust in the living God who gives us richly all things to enjoy. The glory of his condition is that God has made him high, but he's low in the thoughts of himself. This rich man, verse 11 here now, this rich man has been brought to realize he is going to wither and die. That's what that love and forth is all about. Along with all of his riches, the recognition that he enjoys in his wealth, his strength and his health are going to decay and die, especially in death. In both of these situations, the low degree and the rich brother. The poor and the rich are brought to mind the things of the Spirit and not the things of the flesh. By faith, both of them are made to rejoice in the same person. Christ. In Christ, we're all equal. They are equally saved, the low and the rich. Equally holy, equally righteous, equally whole, equally rich, and equally poor. Their estate in temporal matters of this world is by providential design design, and may differ a great deal, but in Christ they're all the same. You are all children of God by faith in Christ Jesus. 
There's neither Jew nor Greek. There's neither bond nor free. There's neither male nor female. For you're all one in Christ. There's neither circumcision nor uncircumcision. There's no barbarian or Scythian or bond or free. Christ is all. All in all. Now concerning verse 12, the temptations into which both rich and poor brethren fall are designed to bring them to unity and commonality in Christ. Both the rich and the poor and the poor are going to receive a crown of life. See that? Mm-hmm. Rejoice, brothers and sisters. We are in Christ. That's what he's saying. We're blessed to endure temptations. The circumstances of this life are just a segment. Think about that. Just a segment of eternal life. Let's glory in that we understand and know that Christ, know Christ, and that He's the Lord. Now finally, for just a minute, Let's consider for a minute the the example that we have in the Lord Jesus Christ. I hope you can appreciate and this strikes you like it struck me. Reading these verses, it hit me that we have a brother of low degree. See if you can figure out who he is. He had no money. He had no house. He didn't have a place to lay his head. He had no wealth. He was a brother of low degree. He came unto his own and his own rejected him. He was hated. And had we lived at the same time, we would have been those among those who scoffed him just like everyone else. But God has highly exalted him and given him a name above every name. You realize that we've got a rich brother? Our brother, the Lord Jesus Christ, is the Son of God. Talk about rank. Talk about power. And talk about glory. He's the God-man. And He's equal with the Father. He's our brother. I had a guy ask me one time. He said, do you really know the governor that well? I said, well, yeah. And I thought to myself at the time, but I know somebody that's even greater than him. I know God. He's of a high birth, Christ is, and royalty, prophet, 
priest and king. Our fathers made him king over all things. He created everything in heaven and in earth. Visible, invisible, thrones, dominions, principalities and powers. All of that was created by him and he's our brother. He made the world and he made everything in it. He owns it all. He controls it all. He has need of nothing. He owns every beast of the field and the cattle on a thousand hills. He's one he's the one who, who laid the very foundations of the earth and he stretched a line on it. And he set out the measures of it, and every corner of it is square. Clayton knows what that means. He lays block. But our brother condescended to become a man, to make made a little lower than the angels. He became a low degree in that he was exalted. And being found in fashion of as, a, as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient unto death, the death of the cross, to redeem his brothers that were under the law, that we might receive the adoption of sons. Though he was rich, yet for our sakes he became poor. And James told us to do the same thing. We're rich. And he said, if you low degree, exalt. Through his poverty, we were made rich. It behooved him in all things to be made like his brothers, that he might be merciful and faithful, be a merciful and a faithful high priest in things pertaining to God, to make reconciliation for the sins of his people. And I would simply leave you with this. First John says, love one another. If any man love not his brother, he's none of mine. I'll leave you this question. Was this our brother of low degree or was he a rich brother? It's hard to tell, isn't it? But this is the way that we should be it's the way that it should be with us. We should love one another and be of the same mind one towards another, knowing that our standing is in Christ alone. Not in our status, not in our wealth, not in our health, or not in the clothes we wear, we should view one another as sinners exalted who know who we are and know the Lord Jesus has made us that way. Yes, sir. Lord bless you.